Is there not an entire section on this subject? I know yes. that I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is your is your book for sale about it? Yes. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 Hopefully I don't have another little sneezing fit like I just did and had to start all over again. Uh, so annoying. Um, but yeah, so I sound horrible. I sound kind of like Peter Brady and um, I have a tendency to sneeze a lot. So I'm going to try not to do that and try not to sniffle into the microphone as much as possible. So we're going to jump right into this week's episode. We're calling this social media the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um because this was a crazy week and, and stuff that went down on social media. And, uh, well, it, it yeah. So, um, so we're going to talk about some, a good thing that happened with social media where social media just, uh, absolutely was vital in a really good thing happening. Uh, we're going to talk about social media and just how bad some situations are and some things that are said and then we're going to look at something that got really kind of ugly so we're going to jump right in we're going to look at uh this week in phoenix arizona the guys from apology of church well not this week it was last week october 10th guys from apology of church uh were out at the acacia women's clinic in uh phoenix um not sure which part of phoenix it was but um yeah phoenix good enough and so they uh, doing what they do every week. They're preaching the gospel. Um, they're calling on people to repent, calling on moms to not murder their babies, um, calling on dads to be men, to stand up and, and not let, uh, their wives or girlfriends, uh, murder their children. Um, you know, and this situation, I was going to show the video, but you can find it at apology of studios, um, or all over the place right now. So I, I just wanted to put the still photo up there, but there's the abortionist, Dr. Ronald Eunice, was leaving the clinic. Elvis, and I can't remember Elvis's last name, um, one of the guys that's out there on a regular basis, approached the car as he was driving out and did what they do. They say harsh things. So he was calling this man a coward, which he is. This is a man who murders children for a living. So there's, there's nothing redemptive about anything this man does. Um, he is, he's a serial killer. Um, and he kind of played out that character as Elvis approached the car and just said, you're a car you're a coward holding out literature, uh, gospel tracks and so on to hopefully, I mean, the goal is to get these men and women who, whether they're having an abortion, whether they're performing abortions, whether they're working in the clinic, our goal for end abortion now, I'm officially a part of it, um, but the goal of end abortion now, the goal of uh, the guys from Apologia and women from Apologia who go out um, and beg 
people not to murder their babies is ultimately for babies to be saved and souls to be saved. Um, I think probably the, the higher priority is on the souls. Um, you know, women who go in and, and murder their children, allow their children to be murdered in this place, are, are guilty of sin. And they need to repent and put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. And when that happens, these things won't happen again. Um, so, yes, we want to save babies, but um, we want souls to be saved. So Elvis is approaching the car. He's got tracks in hand. Yeah, he called the doctor a coward. There was no threat to this doctor whatsoever. And this man pulled and brandished a firearm, uh, pointed it directly at Elvis. Um, Elvis at that point, if you watch the video, he steps back and he's like, whoa, did you see that? Was reported to the police. Nothing was done for seven days. Nothing. So a week later, the 17th of October, Jeff is out there. Jeff Durbin, Elvis, the um, guys are out there. When this doctor showed up to work, they called the police and said, this man pulled a gun on, Elvis is on the phone, this man pulled a gun on me last week, he's here now, we'd like the police to come out. So the cops come out, they interview the doctor, they do everything they have to do. Ultimately, no arrest is made at this time. The police officer, it's shocking um, to watch the video, uh, to see this police officer look Elvis dead in the face and say, I can't say for sure that that is a gun. I mean, looking at the same still photo that you're looking at right here, even this, even if you're watching this on your phone and this screen is small, you can look at that and know that that is a gun. Any, any, I mean, some may think maybe it's a toy, but again, there's, there's a part of the video where they're talking to other police officers, asking them, do you recognize, can you, can you identify what this is? And every one of them to a, to a person said, that's a gun. One female police officer asked if that had been reported. One officer went into detail on the law of brandishing. And even if it was a toy gun, this man would still be guilty of brandishing, wanting to intimidate Elvis by brandishing what Elvis would obviously consider to be a firearm. So no matter what, if this was real or fake, this man is guilty of aggravated assault. So police officer says, I can't affirm that it's a gun. They bring out a supervisor who the same thing is like, well, I can't identify that as a gun. Whereas every other police officer they, they talked to that day that was not part of that, they actually gone to a restaurant to have lunch and there happened to be police officers there. So they went around and showed this picture and every police officer in there positively identified this as a gun. So videos went out on, on YouTube and Facebook and people started sharing it. It went viral. Um, Jeff was... Uh, further interviewed by Fox News there in Phoenix. Um, and then when when news re and reporters and this stuff started going viral, that's when Phoenix police decided to take action and finally arrested this man. Um, he was, uh, he, he stood uh, arraignment. He's been released on 
uh, I want to say special release or supervised release or something to that effect. He is going to be allowed to go back to work. But with Arizona law, if this man is convicted of this, this is a felony. If he's convicted, he can lose his medical license, which is what we want. We absolutely want this man to never be able to practice medicine. Well, what he's practicing is not medicine. He's practicing murder. We don't want this man to practice murder ever again. Ever. Whether he serves jail time or not, I would be satisfied. Justice would be served if this man just lost his uh, medical license and was never able to step into a women's clinic and murder a child again. So that's what I would ask you guys. Pray about that. You know, this man, he's going to return to work this week. He's going to be back in there killing babies the way that he always has. Um, And then I think that it's supposed to stand trial at the end of the month. So pray that justice is done. Pray that in all of this, again, that the gospel is preached. No matter, anytime anybody looks up apologia or anything, it's going to, it's one or two links away, one or two clicks away. I mean, you know how we all get sucked into the YouTube vortex as we're watching videos. So anybody who looks up this video and wants to see exactly what happened, what hopefully, you know, some people who are not saved and that's going to lead them into, I guarantee you, I guarantee you with Jeff Durbin and apologia studios, the way they're, they're, YouTube is set up guaranteed within two clicks. These people will be hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ being called to repentance, being convicted of sin um, and, and given a call to, to repent and put their faith in Jesus. And that's what we want. The fact that this has gone viral. I mean, I, I feel for Elvis. I don't know what it is like to ever have a gun put in my face. I've never experienced that in all my years of military in all my years of, of, of hanging out with questionable and shady people through high school and so on. I have never experienced having anybody pull a gun and point it at me. So I'm, I'm, I mean, props to Elvis for, for, uh, maintaining some composure there. Cause I don't know. I'd have freaked out. Um, luckily, um, when they go down and do this, Apologia has a, a policy with their, uh, um, I don't even want to call them protesters, the preachers who go out there and, and call on people to repent do not carry weapons. I mean, if if I were carrying a weapon and this man did this, it's likely that I would have, would, would have drawn and, and possibly returned fire. This man could be dead because of what he did. But again, what he did and the way that it all handled, God is going to be absolutely glorified in the preaching of the gospel through this. So this is the good. You guys, you know, I don't know how many of you listening or watching or whatever saw this and shared this. But I mean, immediately the phone calls that went into the police department, I called the first time I saw the video and, and they put up the phone number for the police department when they showed the cops not doing anything. I called the police department first thing that morning, probably nine o'clock here, which would have made it eight o'clock in, uh, 
well, no, probably 10 o'clock here would have made it 9 o'clock in Arizona. I got a live person when I called the police department. Probably within an hour of when I called, they had made a recording, and everybody who called in just got the thing, listened to the recording, beep, beep, got sent to another line, and heard where they said, we are aware of the situation, we're investigating, blah, blah, blah. But I can only imagine that thousands of phone calls came into the police department. I just watched... uh, a news episode from Phoenix where they said that you know this went viral and the and the Arizona police took notice no they did not the Phoenix police had to be forced to act by you the people watching the videos and sharing the videos and making the phone calls that's what force sharing it with I mean I I shared it on on Twitter and I I tagged Fox News CNN uh, the Steve Day show Glenn Beck Cross politics, everything else, cross politics started sharing it. I saw at least 30, 40 people who had shared this story that had tagged Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all the different news stations and so on. And then every podcast I could possibly think of, every person I know that has a podcast, um, I probably even sent it to my, my friend who does a Disneyland podcast. But, uh, you know, and just anybody who could take this and get the information out and you guys watched it. You made it go viral. And that's what got this man arrested. And that's what may save the lives of many more babies when this man loses his medical license and is no longer allowed to practice murder. So praise God for that. The, there is good that happens in social media for every, you know, as much as we think we need to delete our Facebook and all this other stuff. There is good stuff that comes from this. You know, as many times as we get sucked into the YouTube vortex and waste hours watching cat videos or whatever i've been watching um top 10 movie issues and stuff i get sucked into that stuff and so as much as we do there is some really good stuff that comes out of the internet so thank you guys anybody who was part of this who shared this um who made this go viral you guys rock and uh and god is going to receive some glory from this so that's pretty cool now let's talk about the bad and it's not just bad because this dude is a laker I mean, if he could have picked a worse team to play on, I can't name it. But, you know, I mean, uh, one of the (laughs) my least favorite ball players on my least favorite team. Again, I have never rooted for the Lakers to win a game. I am always rooting for the Lakers to lose. And and so there you go. But that's not what's bad about this. LeBron James stuck foot in mouth like crazy this week. So it started out with another GM or an owner of a team. I can't remember. I think the guy's name is Morley. I don't pay enough attention to basketball to know the names and so on. But made a a post or retweeted something about free Hong Kong, which is a great thing because Hong Kong had been a free city uh, under the control of, of Great Britain for a long time, turned back over to China under the auspices that they would remain essentially a democratic city that they would not fall under the the rule of communism that they would be able to maintain free markets and and capitalism and so on well china being the communist regime um oppressive country that they are said well you know we we took it back and now we're gonna um we're gonna put the hammer down and so hong kong there are protests and there are things people singing our national anthem 
wanting their freedom back, singing hallelujah, praise the Lord, all these things that are, are happening in China. And there's a, a big, and the NBA is playing over there. And so this owner or GM or somebody made it, retweeted something about free Hong Kong. Nothing wrong with that. But man, the NBA and Twitter and everything else lost their minds. We had, and then of course, so LeBron is, is on video talking about how this particular gentleman obviously wasn't educated on the issue. Well, it's like LeBron, there's not a whole lot to be educated on. Communist countries are bad. Nothing good has ever come out of communism. The oppression that is, is going on in China and, and on the people of Hong Kong and so on right now is not a good thing. But obviously, you guys in the NBA are making bank based off of China. I heard, a, and, and I can't vouch for this, this number, but I heard a number that like $4 billion comes in to the NBA. And I mean, that's probably a small little bit of of what they make but four billion dollars comes in from china that's a lot of money and that's uh obviously enough for people to look the other way at human rights atrocities i mean same people who are you know speaking out and and again speaking out on on issues that happen here in this country is not a bad thing i recognize that there is some ugly stuff happening in this country there is still I mean, I don't think that, that systemic racism is a big a deal as some people make it out to be, but I also will admit that it's obvious that it's not gone. And so there are some issues. We've seen, you know, some some shootings of, you know, the, the whole issue of, of police officers shooting black people. We've seen some that are, are justified. We have seen some that are absolutely unjustified, and these officers need to go to jail. Um, most recently the woman in Fort Worth who was shot through her window by an officer who decided he should shoot first and ask questions later. So those things are valid things to speak out against. But if you're going to be consistent again, that's the, uh, the, the dead horse that we beat here over and over and over again is consistent worldview. You cannot stand up and, and demand justice and so on for people here and then ignore the human rights atrocities that are happening across the ocean and so yeah lebron james took a whole lot of stuff crazy memes coming out some of the funniest memes i've ever seen the the one of him like merged with the head of i think it's mao zedong or somebody but the merging of the two had just funnier funnier than anything but this was just a bad look and then of course a few days later um you know after everything went down he's again on on Mike saying that well I said what I said and I'm not going to say anything more about it it'll be unfair to my teammates for blah 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 you know so again I don't know that he actually backpedaled what he said but obviously someone said and, and this is what got Laura Ingram in trouble someone said shut up and dribble and he decided to shut up and dribble so that was the bad uh, we saw the good we saw the bad, and then we saw some stuff that just got ugly. Um, and this this strikes close to home. You know, this is I, I'm, I'm I hate to say I'm a fan of John MacArthur, but the man's teaching has been very influential in my theological growth and so on. Um, was asked a question. They had the Truth Matters conference this week. 
um, at the end of it. Uh, of course, they always have like a, a panel. Um, Todd Friel gets to get up and ask questions and so on. Um, he had done this a couple years ago with Dr. MacArthur on the Word Association. So I'm going to say a word. You say the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, a couple years ago, the name was Stephen Furtick. The word that came from Dr. MacArthur was unqualified, which is true. Um, to which Stephen Furtick went and, and wrote an entire book. I would not doubt if in the near future, Beth Moore writes a book titled Go Home. Because that's what was said. So word association, uh, Beth Moore, Dr. MacArthur said, go home. And then he went on to proceed. It's not the only thing that he said, but he went on to explain there is absolutely no biblical argument for a female pastor. Um, now, again, so now we get into all the different conversations. One, she's not a pastor. She's an author. But the issue at hand is really about her preaching the word on Sunday morning. And is that an authoritative teaching where you're taking authority over men by teaching the authoritative word of God. That's the, the issue. And I mean, we can, we can debate that. We can talk about that. Personally, I agree with Dr. MacArthur. Now, the, what was blown out of proportion, people read way too much into the go home statement. Um, this was not him saying she needs to go and be in the kitchen. He, I, I absolutely don't think he has an issue with writing books and, and teaching. I mean, there can be women teachers. Paul just, you know, clarifies that they're, they can't be elders. They can't be pastors. They should not exercise authority over men, which is biblical and which I agree with. That is not in, in any way saying be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. That's not what Dr. MacArthur said that, I mean, that's what was read into the statement of go home. But, I mean, again, what I heard when I heard him say that this statement, go home, was get off the stage. Get away, get out from behind the pulpit. You do not belong there. And I agree. She does not belong there. I have no problem with her teaching, doing seminars on her books, any of those things, writing books for, for people. I mean, even the fact that there are some men, and I would say there's, there's probably stuff that I can learn now she's on this liberal slope that is quickly going downward in her theology on what is sin is homosexuality a sin and so on so she is is on this downward slope so i don't have you know i i, I think she's on the edge of becoming a potentially a heretic i don't know if i would absolutely call her a false teacher yet but she's that close so you know, my what I heard when he said that was, get out from behind the pulpit. You don't belong there. And so she can write her books. It's possible that you could learn something. As a man, you can even learn something from her books. But it's the, the uh, preaching of the authoritative word of God. This is not something that God has given for women to do. This is what MacArthur and Phil Johnson, of course, they were referring to. But it got horribly ugly, of course, you know. And it, the divide is the same as it was with, with any issue of social justice. The divide is the same. You have the same players on one side as you do on the other. You have your, your very reformed Calvinist people, uh, you know, cross-politic, Christchurch, uh, Apologia, James White. 
Doug Wilson and so on on this side uh, in agreement with, with Dr. MacArthur. And then you've got Kyle Howard and Sabidi Anyabwile and um, any J.D. Greer, um, all these people on the other side. Um, you know, J.D. Greer, the comment that he made was, you're welcome in our home anytime. Again, I don't know how that had anything to do with what Dr. MacArthur said. He wasn't saying that you're not welcome in any way. I don't know. It was just, that was a weird flex on, on J.D. Greer's part. But again, the lines are divided in the same place. And the social media, I said in the past that race was going to be the issue that separated the church. But it's just social justice. I mean, I said social media. Social justice. These issues where people are so concerned about just these, these other issues as opposed to actual justice and the gospel. The preaching of the gospel should take care of every social justice issue. The preaching of the gospel, repentant hearts should not be misogynist. Repentant hearts will not be racist. Repentance hearts would not be, um, you know, looking down upon the poor. I mean, this is what repentant hearts do. We, we as repentant people, we do good works because we are saved by Christ and we we want to see things change. We ultimately, I mean, theonomous and so on, we would love to see this country govern under godly laws, um, not that we are going underneath the law of, of Israel again with the same penalties and so on, but those laws that were that came out of, of, a, of a godly influence, many of those would be ideal to put this country back on a path to make America great again, Right. Um, and the repentant heart should want those things. You know, anybody who is sexist, misogynistic, uh, racist, and so on, I would challenge whether or not they're actually saved. And so, but again, the definitions have to be clearly defined. Stating that a woman cannot be a pastor is not misogynistic. It is not sexist. It is based in biblical truth. You know, saying that there is no... You know that we are all one and under Christ is not a racist situation. It is grounded in biblical truth. To to push back on when people are saying that I, as a white man, have to repent for what white evangelical Christians have done years in the past, I will push back on that because I there it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm not responsible for what my ancestors did. I can look back and go, if they did, I, I don't know if any of my ancestors owned slaves or anything like that. And if they did, it's a, a shameful thing. It's a horrible thing. But I am not responsible for that. And I am not required to repent of that. And as, as believers in Christ, the churches, they are going forward. Now, granted, there are, you've got Westboro Baptist Church that I wouldn't be surprised if there was a racist streak that ran through that, that thing. And there's probably... People who claim to be evangelical, who are racist, who are sexist, who are all these things, that if that is the case, they are not following biblical truth. And we can separate from those. But those who are, those of us who are truly in Christ, we should not be condemned by anybody on either side for anything that has happened in our past or anything that is currently happening right now that we are not a part of. That is not racist or sexist or misogynist. That is based in biblical truth. 
and I've said it before, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to wrap up here. I've got this stuffy nose, and, and I'm sniffling, and I'm almost sneezing, but um, it breaks my heart to see men that I absolutely respect, like the BD on your leg, diametrically opposed to men like John MacArthur, um, who we should be together. Uh, you know, Eric Mason is another one. Kyle Howard, I have no use for that guy. But to see, you know, these guys that I, I have respected in the past, J.D. Greer, Matt Chandler, all these people who are on one side of this, and then James White and Doug Wilson and Vody Balcom and, um, you know, all these other guys on this other side that I, I respect to see them so diametrically opposed and to watch this chasm in the church grow wider and wider. This has gotten absolutely ugly. And we have got to find a way to come back into a place. I mean, I would say, and I've said this, I said it a couple of times, I put it on social media. I'm not Dr. MacArthur, so I can't, but I probably would have chose my words different. Probably what I would have used was the same word he used for Stephen Furtick. You give me Beth Moore, my word, a one word association is going to be unqualified. And that's, that's true. And so maybe he could have chose his words better, but I cannot disagree with the overall statement that was made. It's founded in biblical truth. As complementarians, we should recognize that. And so it got really ugly. And, and my prayer is that somehow along the way that there would be repentance on the part of anybody who needs to repent there would be change, there would be unity coming back into the body of Christ because it really does break my heart. And there's that so much of me that just wants to be silent and kind of walk down the middle. Because again, I see comments from Jackie Hill Perry, which I love to death. Amazing artist, amazing woman, phenomenal book. And then I see comments on the other side from K-Dub um, and so on. You know, Chris Williams and... and guys on the other side that are so diametrically opposed and uh and it just it, it really truly breaks my heart so i'm praying for jesus's prayer you know that we would be one that the body of christ would once again come together and be one and find a way to to come into unity as christ and the father are one because right now i mean i firmly believe there are orthodox people on both sides of this and there is a lack of unity in the church and we are right now failing at, at what jesus said that, that as you love you they will know you because you love one another you know um and we are not loving one another in the church right now um i think there i think all the I can't say all of them, but the majority of comments and stuff that are made are truly made out of love for the other side because it's firmly believed that that other side is wrong. I think there are some comments that are just made that are just, again, ugly. And I'm, I'm referring to this on both sides. Um, I'm firmly on the complementarian side. I would put myself on the not social justice side. I would put my, I mean, I'm not trying to walk I, I would love to be able to walk the line and just remain silent but my flag is planted in the word of Christ the gospel of Christ the uh, the truth of you know complementarianism reformed theology and so on that is where my flag is firmly planted uh, but I can see the 
that so much of this is done out of love on both sides, no matter how wrong I think the other side is. But then, then there are some that I'm again on both sides that are just divisive to be divisive. And those people should be mocked and, and pointed out and, and, and marked. I didn't mean to say mocked. They should be marked and, and identify one of those. I would absolutely say is Kyle J. Howard. Um, just uh, the guy is, is I have no use for him. So, and before I get on a tirade on that, again, just want to wrap it up in the prayer that we would come together once again as a unified body of Christ. We would not let these, these issues come and, and separate the body of Christ the way that it has. And the only way that's going to happen is if we preach the gospel at all times. And if we use words, because they are necessary. So until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.